Rolling in the Mist is a series with fantasy violence, sexual humor, and worst of all, cussing. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting session. Oh, wait, no. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first Q&A for Rolling in the Mist Series 1. All right, and pause. Okay, so now, students, if you listened to those first 30 seconds, those first five seconds, what did you learn about voice acting surprise? <laughs> what, what did you learn, kids, about, what, about technique when voice acting surprise professor mia please tell us <laughs> i'm glad you asked rufus and muted <laughs> oh. the kid's name is rufus all righty so uh today we are here to uh answer the questions that our fans have sent us after we finished series one of rolling in the mist uh oh, wow, oh really? my fucking god jesus <laughs> who was that that Jason. was that had to be that Jason. Was me. fucking Jason. <laughs> oh, you sack of shit. All right, let's do that again. All righty. So uh, I completely lost my train of thought here. Right. We're going to be answering questions from fans uh, that have asked us these questions. I Yeah, no, I, I don't know where to get back on these tracks here. Hey Bravo, guys, take it away. Welcome to, our first, <laughs> welcome to our first Q&A for season one of Rolling in the Mist. Today, we're going to answer the questions that our fans sent to us. Of course, our big MC out here, Kevin Carpenter. Say hi. Hey there. And of course, I'm Ryan Bravo, playing the role of Dr. Leo Castello. Gentlemen, introduce yourselves. Wait, uh, you're not playing the role of Leo. You're playing the role of yeah, Bravo. Yeah, uh, this is yeah, the one yeah, session where we're ourselves. No, I'm telling them what role I played. Oh, okay. <laughs> Pablo, um, go ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm Pablo. I play Eugene Fritz. I'm Jason. I play Arthur Strange. Damn it. I was hoping if I underplayed it, he would do something different. No, no. Jason will always go for the least of <laughs> All right. Well, then I don't want to waste my intro on that. My name is Pablo Mia, and I play Eugene Fritz. Yeah, he went for it. And uh, Chris, introduce yourself as well. Hey, guys, this is Chris on audio. Probably, you know, I don't play a character. I just do the audio He's for audio the guy. show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Chris on audio. Fantastic. I'm trying. I'm racking my brain trying to think of how often or how much of his real. Like, this is probably the crispest they've ever heard his voice. <laughs> yeah, probably. This is the, this is the crispest Chris. Because 90% of the time it's always going to be. You know. All right, guys. Don't do it so yeah. let, let's start off this uh, our first ever Q&A with the very first question brought to you by our patron, Hunter Hughes. He says, oh, my question for the Q&A is this. What myths, legends, and or people did you base your characters and or their powers off of? So somebody wasn't paying attention for the show. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, we love you, Hunter. Thank you for supporting us. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm just <laughs> being a dick. Hey, no, here's the thing. I, I think this is uh, this question is more of like, you know, what what was the specific myth? Because we have been kind of like unclear about that, especially with like Strange and uh, yeah, God, his other character. What was it? Uh, Pain. That was it. Mr. Pain. Uh, yeah, Mr. Pain. Uh, Mr. Pain. It, 
and also like pablo <laughs> with your character your myth was like simultaneously like the minotaur and also King, yeah it um, kind of became a dual double-edged sword so story. you know let, let's take this time to actually like you know clarify like what our characters are based off of but also like if there were other like people or legends or something like that that influenced your character let's let's talk about that basically like what influenced your guys characters i'll go let's just do it in order like meaning i'll go last third third okay um i guess yeah then i'll start then uh so mike the 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 basis of my character uh especially the mythology was based on the mesoamerican god quetzalcoatl which is known as the winged serpent um how i came about that is i i enjoy kind of like really showing and um showcasing latin american uh culture as well as you know me being mexican myself and so when we first started creating the idea like all right what are we going to base off of i'm like well I kind of saw myself being the the healer of the group at some point because that's usually what I play off in like the video games that I play, the support characters. Um, so uh, luckily, I knew about Quetzalcoatl's origin as well as you know the, the history of it to a degree when I first thought about it. And actually, um, I I sat down with um, with Kevin and we watched like what like a full video series about the history of Quetzalcoatl on YouTube. Um, and so, yeah, I based it off of the winged serpent, which, uh, in throughout the history of Mesoamerica, it taught, it was either the God of healing, wind, knowledge, uh, the sun chaser. And so a lot of the powers that I based, um, Leo Castillo off like cruel sun, the, the healing mist, second wind, uh, were based off of the actual, um, myths surrounding Quetzalcoatl. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, do, do I say I like, no, pass it off to you, Jason? I, I, it's, a, it's a little hard to read cues because that's not... exactly. Let me tell you right now. Let me tell you. Let me be the first to tell you. That's exactly what Hunter is saying in real time. Like, like cool story, when he's bro. like when he listens to this, you and he and Jason will at the same time go. The same time go. Cool, cool. <laughs> hey, look, I answered this question. Okay. No, it was a great answer. <laughs> it was just a great reaction. Jason, Jason is the Greek chorus of our of our, <laughs> of our ensemble. He's the he's the women from the the the, the movie Hercules. Yeah, exactly. The he's the the muses. Yeah, yeah, sure. Exactly. Uh, my turn, I guess. Um, yeah, go for it, Jason. So, I guess for me, because I had two characters, I had to think of two different mythos and characters and all that sort of things, but originally when i came up with strange and then kevin you were there when i was coming up kevin i think you were pretty much there for all of us right like for our characters yeah yeah so for my guy you know i wanted to do more like a hard-boiled detective i was thinking very constantine from hellblazer and i just really enjoy that character i love that idea and i based my myth off of osiris which i'll be honest i didn't really follow my myth like because I was more into like the idea of being the hardball detective that my I, I I admit that when we first started, I was like forgetting so many of my abilities and all that. It, it was I could tell I was frustrating you, Kevin, because you're like, why don't you use this? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> to to this day, I don't think you actually use the like see nope. into the future ability. I think I, the I only it. canon use of that ability was when I reminded you about it by like having you foresee a <laughs> yeah. pie. And I was like, oh, yeah. 
And I don't think I still used it. Or <laughs> if I did, it was like one time. Wait, and then... wait, wait. You had the ability before you were uh, spoilers. Uh, yeah. We should have said this as this this whole conversation will have spoilers. So uh, starting start yeah. starting from here on, if you haven't listened to stuff for whatever reason, please do. Yeah, please do. Stop listening to this. Go back because uh, spoilers <laughs> start right now. So before you were dead, you fucking you you could see into the future. Sort of. I think it was more of if I touch something, I could like see the history see, of it. See, yeah. Well, no, that's no, sort that, of that was one of your core abilities that you also forgot. You, <laughs> yeah. Oh my I, fucking! It's written was, down. I think that was ever used except for like maybe in the morgue. He had divination magic yeah. where he could have screwed over Kevin so many times. But yeah, but he, there was one point about where it. you you took a special level up. Like this was in like the back of the playbook, uh, right? Where it was like you were able to see, you know, like a little bit into the future for like certain occasions. I can't exactly remember off the top of my head the exact mechanics but it was like a really cool ability and then you got it and then just never used it yep that's exactly <laughs> how that went i'm not even going to deny that so i felt because i wasn't doing a lot of stuff and i think at some point i just wasn't really digging strange anymore that's why i decided to do a second character and be like okay i have a better grasp of the game and everything and that's why i came up with Samuel Payne, which he I looked I looked at Strange and go, okay, if I'm gonna be a good guy at the beginning, I want to be the opposite. So I was thinking criminal. I was thinking honestly, the truth was for Payne, I was thinking, what if I took Thor's mythology and I corrupted it and made it instead of worthiness, it's greediness. And that's where it came. So the the demon, the demon prince Balfagor, that was based off I based that whole mythos on that and just anything that had to do with greed, like the coin of Judas, his abilities, uh, trying to think of like a con man, like the worst of the worst kind of person you could think of is this one, this one asshole. And I know you even like uh, after some of the recordings, you even talked to me about like, how do you think this mechanic would play out? Right. And I even said, it's like, yeah, this seems like more up your alley. And like, I, I could, I want to say I could tell you were kind of like getting tired of, of strange because we were having our own bits and fun with it. But yeah. like I felt like this character when you played Pain, you had more of like a freedom and more joy out of it. Well, I I think too what didn't help was when I made Strange, it it's I've noticed like for me when it comes to games like this and just RPGs in general, I have a very simple play style. I'm not about like stealth. I'm not about uh <laughs> I'm not I'm not a stealthy person. That's why I don't play rogues. I don't do those kind of things. I've always been my favorite playstyle has been, and yeah, it's very vanilla and it's very straightforward, but I love uh playing, you know, bruisers, brutes that just go on in and attack. Like the less thinking I gotta do, the better for me to have fun. Cause then oh, I know brawlers. I, brawlers, yeah. Now I didn't do that with pain, but I was I wanted to look I was looking at your guys' characters, I'm going, okay, what could I do? That doesn't require me to be as up close and punch him. Because that was like my only thing I could do with Strange. Like, all right, I'm going to yeah. punch you. And, oh, hey, that didn't work. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't see. I never saw Strange that way. See, I saw him like that way. Well, that's. Well, we'll get we'll get we'll get <laughs> yeah. to me in a second. We'll get to me in a second. Yeah. But all I'm going to say right now, part of what the reason I chose some of my attributes for Eugene coming in later was because. I looked at, listened to, and heard from, and heard from Kevin what Strange was all about, and I didn't see him as the as the bruiser. 
kind of guy. I saw him. That, that's why. That's why I wasn't happy with my character. That's weird. I'm weird like that, dude. Oh. I'm gonna be honest about that. The problem with Strange is that you did you built him to be like half bruiser, half investigator, mm-hmm. and then yeah. you forgot yeah. all of your investigating <laughs> abilities. <laughs> yeah. And that's I, why I wanted to be, I wanted to do, I'm like, okay, what could I do that could have more fun? And at the same time, I'm not going to lie. I wanted, I was also thinking, how could I also just fuck with Pablo and Bravo? Cause I, I have fun screwing with people as y'all that know That's true. Yeah. Uh, Pablo, I, talk about like Eugene a bit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> also, I was still invested in that conversation oh, about well, well sorry, apparently Kevin it. wasn't, so I, I'm done. Yeah, okay. no, all right, no, sorry. Kevin, Kevin, was like, Kevin, I'm chill, Kevin I'm has chill. dropped the fucking anvil. Problem is yours. That's Thank you, you, Jason. Moving on. Yeah, yeah Kevin was like, uh huh. Okay, okay. The, the, <laughs> okay, yeah, the, Eugene. The main reason I did the interrupter is because we have questions about like You're strange right. and pain right. dynamic You're right. and You're all right. of that. So I want to save all that for those questions. Okay, right. last Plus thing I'll say. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Last thing I'll say about Strange though is, um, I just see him as one. Th- I always saw him as one third, two, three thirds. I thought I saw him as one third bruiser, one third investigator, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, I honestly saw him as this one third, for lack of a better term, mystic, because I just saw him, his, um, relationship to the dead, that whole creepy chill cold vibes kind of thing that shadowy kind of mysterious um dead ambassador kind of thing uh that's how that's how i saw that's why i saw him differently okay that's the last that's the last thing i'll say about strange um eugene eugene uh directly as a segue from that i chose uh king minus of crete yes um guy whose greek mythology is directly tied to the to that of the minotaurs is why we ended up having like this dual mythos ship (laughs) that i was working with and i chose that one that specifically because i've always been i was trying to think outside the box i didn't want to get like a greek god Mm -hmm. i didn't want to be like a god or anything Mm -hmm. big like that i wanted i i just thought i wanted something in the right neighborhood but not in that not in olympus um, I wanted so something we related to more it. like a deity or something like that. Well, that's the funny thing is later I, when Eugene had to upgrade, um, and I was like, oh god, I don't fucking, I don't know what else I can do with this Minotaur shit. <laughs> I got to really do some research. So I did some more research, and it wasn't until that point that I found out about all the atmokinesis. I'm sure Kevin remembers this, remembers this conversation he and I had on the phone when I was like, yo. Did you know King Minus is actually a demigod? <laughs> like, did you know? he? Yeah, he's the son of Zeus. And um, mm-hmm. he is a son of Zeus and a, and a, and a mortal uh, woman whose who's name, of course, I don't remember because in Greek mythology, they're all super sexist and misogynist and don't have a lot of written stuff on that. Um, yeah. 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 I think it, I, all I know is I think her name started with an N and she was a princess. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Zeus, you know, Zeus, like Zeus, is Zeus raped everybody. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. that then had this uh, horrible, horrible demigod uh, asshole son, King Minus and yada yada. Anyways, um, I chose that. That's why I chose that, because I was just always been I've just always been well before I met any of you guys just like been interested in that myth. And so there's not much story there. But why I chose it for this and applied it 
and used the Minotaur as the brute strength kind of thing is because I felt like you guys had a, a an elemental guy who was healing and mystical in that kind of light way. Kevin had told me that you guys were like had this life and death balanced mm-hmm. scales theme going on. And I was like, OK, so in my synesthetic like perspective in my head, I saw light and I saw darkness. I saw shadows and I saw fiery brightness. I saw light. So I was like, OK, I think they just need something in between. That's another reason. Oh, yeah, actually, shit. That's why I chose King Minus, because in the research I did, he is in the afterlife. Uh, one of the judges, right? Yes, one of the mm. chief judges. Um, and I was like, OK, so that fits thematically. And I wanted something somewhere. I wanted someone who was somewhere in between you guys. And in, and in terms of just like superhero, super fun, spectacular abilities kind of thing, I just wanted something that was tactile instead of you guys were like fire and like, you know, again, ghosts, not ghosts yet, but like talking to ghosts um, in the beginning. And so, yeah, that's it. And I think another thing I really liked about how you set up Eugene is like we already had two very strong oh, yeah. personalities with that like was Strange thing, yes. and uh, Leo. Like Strange and Leo were like the back to back badasses. Like get out of my way! No, you get out of my way! Let's like go bad get the boys per- too. yeah. It's like bad boys too. And then like Eugene comes in, you know, like very like timid, but also like trying to see the overlooked details. And uh, so, like, while Strange and Leo are, like, charging on Ford, Eugene is like, oh, wait, guys, guys, maybe we shouldn't. Oh, no. <laughs> I wanted him to be a mediator. That mm-hmm. was another thing that I had God, just kind of forgotten about. Not not it, not in play, in role playing. I think it came out and I still try to do that. But I think it's actually nice. That's nice that it be, I forgot about it. I became such a natural, uh, intuitive thing I wanted to do with him is that, yeah, he tried to keep keep the peace, keep the control uh, in, in the group, like keep everything harmonious um, as as ill-equipped as he was to do that personally <laughs> because he was such a spe- and I didn't by <laughs> I didn't by the way plan for him to be a, a fucking spaz. <laughs> he, <laughs> he just, just naturally evolved. Yes, yes, it just naturally rolled out that way. I was like, how can he possibly be a which, wimp, which but say. also mediate and can t- and take charge of these two. Clearly, more um, aggressive. A great, yeah. That, let's use that. It's more aggressive. <laughs> we'll use that word. I, I feel like he was trying to like walk around eggshells. Like, what can I say that's not insulting to these idiots? <laughs> no, I was just try- I was trying to say like got two men who have insipidly more. Uh, insipidly more fortitude than he does. God. Mm-hmm. No, and it really yeah. helped. I mean, you just kind of going, not trying to create him spazzy or not. You just went with the flow of the story and just the decisions. Like, again, spoiler alert for, you know, for after uh, Pavlos's warning, uh, that your character had, like, an amazing breakthrough in his personality mm. that made him lose a power but also gain something in return. That's kind of one of the reasons I like City of Mist because, like, that character development is built into the game mechanics itself. And speaking of City of Mist, let's move on to the second question. Actually, uh, question real, two. real quick, uh, I, I do want to uh, do sort of a lightning round for my characters because I got a couple of them. Uh, <laughs> That's so, true. Yeah, so let me just say the the myths of uh, uh, some of my characters real quick. So Skid was a necromancer. Uh, he was just he was always just supposed to be a kid who fell headfirst into a world that he you know didn't belong in, just like any other teenager. Uh <laughs> 
The Red Rider was a uh, myth called the Nuckle of E. Uh, it's basically oh, this. Yeah, it's, oh. yeah. It's basically. We don't know all of these. Yeah, I don't yeah, know any of that. That's why I'm saying them in this Q and A. But no. So uh, look up the Knuckle of E sometime because it's it's brutal. It's basically this like skinless torso that is attached to a skinless horse with like these super long arms. Hence, where like the Red Riders like stretchy abilities came from. Um, and pretty much like it comes out of the ocean, it spews like poisonous gas that destroys fields. It, it is, it is a monster. Um, so I was just like, what if that was a motorcycle? (laughs) Uh, so yeah, so that's where the red rider came from. Um, let's see. Otis was, uh, Odin actually, uh, playing. Yeah. Cause one of Odin's things was like, he was able to see through the eyes of like two ravens. Yeah. Ravens. And so I just kind of expanded that to like birds. So wait, does Odin like to bathe naked with birds? Is that no, damn it. (laughs) I mean, I mean, I love the visceral reaction from fucking so angry. Pablo, the fact checker over here. (laughs) I just no. Well, what I'm thinking of is why I was like, Duh, no shit is because um american gods does a yeah great, well i guess i i guess i, I don't want to spoil anything about that show because it's freaking great but yeah, yeah I, all, I all i'm gonna yet. say all i'm gonna say is they make that pretty clear nice Got it. um so yeah so let's see uh mayor dracula mayor dracula was uh <laughs> dracula of course um i don't know that's pretty I'm, straightforward yeah uh, I, I don't know if I'm legally allowed to say what politician I based them off of, but let's, not rock that boat. Uh, let, let's just say I'm from Indiana. Um, <laughs> and, and then you can kind of do the research yourself. Uh, you, you can connect the points. Yeah, connect the points. Um, let's the see. Oh, and speaking of Dracula, uh, Renfield is based off Renfield from the Dracula myth. Who's, that? who's Renfield? Was that his yeah, servant? Dracula. Yeah. Dracula's, oh, yeah. Dracula's okay. servant in the original myth is named Renfield. So naming him Renfield oh. was supposed to be like the big clue toward who the, oh, the that, main bad guy was. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, fuck. I didn't even know he had a butler or whatever the fuck name. Well, he was, the, um, if I remember correctly, he's basically one of the guys that Dracula like corrupted on the ship, right? There was a ship? In the book. When when he comes from Transylvania. Ah, okay. Wow, I know that. Yeah, Renfield's actually uh, such an iconic figure that there's another RPG called Monster of the Week, where that's like a category of monster. It's like the minion of the main monster is usually called the Renfield. Oh, the Renfield. This is for horror film buffs. Yeah. Also, anyone who heard the Halloween special. Oh, yeah, exactly. God, I love that Halloween special. That's a Uh, good... I want to play that game again. Move on. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Uh, the sisters. Yeah, the sisters, uh, Lady Luck, and uh, Siren. I, I I just love the concept of like a club singer being a siren. Love that. Uh, she yeah. was supposed to play such a bigger part, but just do the circumstances. <laughs> but uh, then I threw a fucking cone in her mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And even during the new murders, like, nah, we're not gonna listen to your little singing. We're just gonna go burn some things right now. Exactly. Did she even get a fucking line? Did she no, get a no, fucking we, word? We bulldozed in? over everything. She got like one line, I think. It's hard Dude, to speak with too. a. It's hard to speak with a giant horn in your mouth. <laughs> no, no, I just think that she, yeah, she definitely had like a line. You're right. Well, like, you did one... tell me, uh, Kevin, that you had like this whole like scenario focusing on her well wait wait yeah, well, save I, that that's yeah one i'll of get to that questions. in a later question that's one of the later questions uh so let's okay. see uh so lady luck siren uh daisy was dorothy from wizard of oz hence the boots um yes. and i think that's a that's uh, not it 
is oh who who, who well, am I missing? Justice Evans. Oh, Justi- uh, yeah, there. Is that her name? Yeah, Justice Evans is just a, a gatekeeper. Uh, oh it's, no! It's, no. It's, wow, yeah. she was like such a big part. She didn't have a. Yeah, yeah. Not Ga- a- so what you're saying? Are, gatekeepers are a thing oh. in the game of City of Mist. Uh, okay, what about what about Ritz Chrysley? Uh, that he's just a dude. <laughs> He's just a fucking dude. Yeah. Um, he was just some guy you saw in the street. He's going to be in my game. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so how many... I'm going to just... I'm just going to... Because I just feel like, yeah, you had such a... Which is the best part of your job, you know, is you get such a, so many uh, colorful characters. I'm just going to, like, r- rattle them off and you tell me if it was just a dude or, or okay. whoever. Um, Big Mike. Just a dude. Benny. Lenny. Uh, just dudes. Uh, well, uh, oh, Marcus? uh just a dude like as soon as as Um, soon as jason told me that his character was a detective who could see ghosts i'm like oh his partner has to be a ghost (laughs) (laughs) the buddy cop movie we need like that Um, that's the immediate like this is how i introduce that he can see ghosts is that he just has a cop partner who's also a ghost wait isn't that a movie isn't that a movie with bob hoskins maybe yeah i think it yeah that totally 100 percent is uh we're not going to get into that, but that's definitely a movie. So, okay, last one. What about Dora? If you say the Explorer, I'm leaving. Dora was not based off the Explorer. She. How <laughs> dare you? There, there, there is actually. A, I'm still leaving. There is, there is a weird story behind Dora, which I'll cover in a later question. She is a national Hispanic okay. icon. Yeah. But yeah, but thinking about it, those those were all the characters actually had like myths like attached to them. Uh, so yeah, so you want to move on to the next question, Bravo? Please. I was going to give you a great segue, but sure. Yep, give me that segue, uh, Bravo. It's too late. Uh, uh, this next question is uh, by Patreon. Say it, Kevin. Uh, Guillaume Demaris. Guillaume Demaris. He says, <laughs> I'm not like, laughing I'm not at your name, Guillaume. No, I'm not laughing at your name. I couldn't do it. Um, he says, I'd like to ask advice on setting the tone of the game because I think that's the strength of Odd Loot's game is the ambiance that the MC sets and the fun that you guys have discovering his history. Oh, the sorry, this story, his story. Yeah. So, uh, I was little... so Kevin, what sort of like advice would you give to like new and up and coming MCs on how to set the tone dealing with people like us? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, you you just gotta you gotta start off strong. Um, sensory details, especially with like the type of game that you're trying to do, you know, talk about what they see, but also like you know what they hear, what they smell. Um, and uh, another good thing, depending on the type of game that you're doing, use tropes. If you're running a steampunk game put a blimp in the sky if you're running uh like a superhero game uh do someone with a big cape flying over tall buildings and if you're doing a noir game you know like we did uh start off in a dingy police station where you just smell cigarette smoke and bad coffee um so be detailed as much as possible yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and it's another thing of just like you know how you start as well like with uh rolling in the mist i wanted to give each of you guys like your own little intro to sort of to not only give you like a moment to like settle into your character but also to show off like who your character is in the real world and also who they are in this sort of like mythical world so it's strange it was a police station but he also has a ghost partner with leo it's his hospital Uh, but with Leo, it's his hospital, but, uh, he's also able to use his healing powers on a patient. And with Eugene, it was, oh, he's in this antique store. He's very timid. And then suddenly a motorcycle rider comes to steal his stuff. And he like jumps into action. Yeah. He 
he immediately shows he's timid, but then like goes like Super Saiyan and just goes after. It's like, whoa. I legitimately planned yeah. for that bit to just be like the Red Rider comes in, snatches his thing, and then Pablo like fails a roll. Trips on his shoelaces. Like Trips on his shoelaces or something <laughs> like that. But no, like Eugene was like, I jump over the motorcycle and then I use shadows to like try to snatch the tapestry and then I run down an alleyway and like it got intense. That was honestly one of my favorite like fight scenes that Here's we ran thing. on the show. I think I'm just too into the idea of adventurance and like I I'm gonna be honest from the moment I knew this game involved having powers i was like i'm gonna do some awesome shit but it didn't link up it doesn't line up it doesn't align with the the character that i made i'm like okay i'm gonna make this squirrely little timid introverted guy he leaps over a fence like i just can't <laughs> it's the things i wanted to do did not align well with the character that and, I and i think there there's a thing that also ask your players that can also help you set the mood if you mm. don't immediately know i feel your theme is like kevin when we first started this like he asked us he was actually there when we started creating the characters and we just threw ideas at him like you know this is the guy that i'm going to be rolling with and we actually in that um that brainstorming we thought of the theme you know the guardians of life and death yeah because there was a clear distinction of i'm the god of life and some and jason's a messenger of death so, like, they can actually help you, your own characters, giving them the freedom to be like, all right, what do you guys want to do? What are your characters? They can actually help you set the theme and the tone of it. So ask your mm. players and be open-minded about, like, what do they want to play? Yeah, no, that's uh, that's pretty much all I had. Uh, sensory details, uh, use tropes, start I'm off start. strong, all that. Uh, and, yeah, just, like, work with your players to figure out what, like, what kind of game you want to play and... And here's the thing, you know, story is driven by character. So once you know the characters uh, of your game, like you kind of have to fit the story around them. Yeah. And there is sort of that like they're back and forth where it's like, you know, if you want to run a horror campaign, like tell your characters like, hey, I want to run like a spooky horror campaign, uh, you know, with like monsters and like going through a house and it's super like scary. And I think when we were when we were doing the horror one shot it was like all right pablo came up with this uh guy who has like split personalities uh jason came up with like uh, you know uh, me but a werewolf um <laughs> and jason came up with uh me dr yeah. kevin carpenter <laughs> but th i didn't know you were a doctor kevin but there was, there was a conversation where Bravo was like, hey, this is like Monster of the Week, right? Can I like, can I play a Power Ranger? And I'm like, not, not for this one shot. And mind you, that was your own creation, the Power Ranger. Yeah, I, I, I made like a custom uh, Sentai like character sheet for Monster of the Week um, that I wanted to, wanted to try out. But it's just with the story that I had planned, just the Power Rangers just wouldn't work. And can I be honest? The character that I made uh, for the, the Halloween... I made it as we started recording. I had nothing. Oof. I was like, all right, fuck, fuck. I forgot to write this down. Just think of something, think of something. It's like, oh, I'll be like the 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 loser, like the, the little one that has no powers. That's kind of like the scapegoat. And oh, yeah, then I was like, uh... the, the amount of NPCs I've made on the fly in this podcast is staggering. Uh, <laughs> like... Anyway, uh, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I have for like setting the town. Nice. All right, so moving on to the next question. We have Reddit user... I think this is how you say it. Cancer113. 
<laughs> Cancer is spelled with like a four for yeah, the A like and like a, a three for oh, the E. Okay, I was so like, how was this, thanks for how was this confusing? Yeah. I'm so happy. So uh, the Reddit user asked, wanted to ask, were there any part, any part of the podcast that you edited after the fact? For example, Eugene's voice in the office or the fact that you knew Arthur wasn't going back over the bridge. Did you plan that out or did you just have foresight for these kinds of things? How the hell did they? Wow, what a specific thing a moment that I was even thinking about earlier when Kevin was talking about, I wanted every character to have their own like intro. Mm -hmm. I thought that's what you were going to talk about, Kevin, not the antique store. I thought the, cause the answer to the question is, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't think, I don't see why I hide it. Like, yeah. Um, plenty of editing is <laughs> goes into this, but, but that specifically, like you guys had Kevin, didn't you already like, didn't you like basically play my voice? in the session like and then you had me re record it later and then you put it into that episode yeah i mean like i, I was blessed to know that like you were going to be coming in Sorry. the next session yeah. and i already knew like eugene's character so i'm like okay i want to foreshadow eugene so he doesn't just like show up so when we record that session you know of course pablo you weren't just like sitting there just to say <laughs> like one line so i just said you know make sure to close up and then uh when we were you know recording the next session i just kind of like put put you in the scenario so that way you would like say that line so i could add that into the previous session um that being said you know this is still like an actual play podcast there's still a lot of like improv that we kind of edit around we tried to keep like a buffer of like a few episodes ahead so that way like whenever we release an episode we at least had like two or three already recorded so we had an idea of what was going to happen next but yeah for like things like strange uh you know we're gonna get into this in the next two questions but we it wasn't confirmed that arthur wasn't gonna come back over the bridge um you know let, let's just go into the next question i think because that's yeah. literally what the next question is about oh okay um sure <laughs> sorry okay, if no, that's, that's awkward no, that, was, that was awkward <laughs> all right so next question is by patron amanda antonelli was strange dying planned if so what was the thought process behind it if not like i suspect what was it like in the room when it happened when was it decided he'd come back it wasn't planned right it wasn't planned so then let me just say well, before you go on that i oh well i thought it wasn't planned and i was not there that week because i was working or doing something else and then when i had heard it happened i think it was actually i listened to the episode like you guys didn't tell me <laughs> you well, told me something we told yeah. you told me something yeah, happened yeah, you were like, just wait, just listen to the thing. We just, something happened. We don't, we don't want to tell you yet. It, it wasn't when you listened to the episode. It was when we were recording the next session. Like, when Leo told Eugene... Oh, that you're right! Yeah, when Leo told oh, Eugene right. that Strange had died, that was Bravo telling Pablo that Strange had died. <laughs> <laughs> that was great! Uh, how, how lovely that was, mm -hmm. um, from an acting perspective, that I... That's like that's like uh, how I met your mother. Shit, like yeah, right? um, <laughs> spoiler alert for that massive show. Just when when Jason Siegel, Jason Siegel's character learns that his father has died, they didn't tell Jason Siegel the actor. It was not he didn't get those pages in the script. Right. Yeah. And then when and then when uh, Allison Hannigan, I think, Deliver Al yeah, told him, told him it was real. His reaction on camera was the that real was reaction. So good. So that yeah, and that's how that's how this felt. I had to react, I had to role play, <laughs> and and react to like this news. I was like, what? Okay, go on. 
there was a conversation where like Jason came up to me is like, hey, um, I have this idea for like a new character. Um, yeah, Jason, why don't you talk about that? Yeah, so I had talked to Bravo first, and then I had talked to Kevin second. <laughs> And basically, it was, you know, I have this idea for a character. I think I want to kill Strange. Yeah, I that's why I'm know. laughing. That's why I'm <laughs> laughing, because this whole thing, it starts sounding like, yeah, so I talked to Kevin about it first. And then, then I talked to Ron, and then I talked to Bravo. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. We're well, because yeah, he's, he's got to well, go. I, this is, yeah, it's like, I'm gonna, go. like we got to put him down. <laughs> this is how the conspiracy to put a hit out on Strange so the hero meta, metaformed. I, this was at that point where I felt like I wasn't playing the game as good as I could, and I wasn't having as fun with the character. And that's why fun. I thought, well, like the way as I started having more fun with I have Samuel Payne, and, uh, and no, <laughs> okay, yeah, good. So that I don't think I would say it was planned. The idea of killing him was there, and. Yeah, I don't know, Kevin. Like after that part, what would you say? Like when I brought it up to you, like I, well, you basically asked me at the end, like, "Do you want to kill him?" And I go, "Yeah, <laughs> let's kill him." Let's yeah, kill I don't. Him. There, there wasn't. Was there wasn't a moment. There wasn't a moment where I'm like, "Okay, this session, Strange is going to die, and this is how we're going to do it." Yeah. Um. I I think when you came up to me and you were talking to me about that, I'm like, "Uh, okay, here's the deal. I'm not going to like say like, okay, Strange is going to die this session." I'm going to tell you right now, though, this next session, because of your guys' choices, um, it's going to get really dangerous. It's going to get really dangerous. Uh, And that, of course, the next session was when you guys got to the graveyard and Renfield and his goons were there. And then it all just kind of like lit up because, you know, it was it was also that point in the story where you guys had like beaten two villains, I say with air quotes. uh, And I'm like, okay, you guys are starting strong. I need to sucker punch now. Uh, and uh, I think you also gave me like the option to, you know, if you don't want to kill him, you still have that option to turn around. I think I think that's what you gave me, but I could be wrong. I could have probably read it wrong, but I always felt like me making that decision at the end was like, okay, this is my choice. If I want to kill him or not, I'll I'm gonna figure it out. I figured it out that at that session. Yeah, if Strange was going to die, Strange was going to die because of his actions. It wasn't going to be right. like, okay, for the storyline, Strange is going to die for right. you know in this session. Because we wanted to be as still as organic as possible. Yeah, I know one thing when you first, because uh, like you said, Jason, you you talked to me first about it. Because uh, mm-hmm. I think after like one of the one of the recording sessions, uh, we were asking, we were just hanging out outside, and yeah. I'm like, are you okay? Because you feel you felt a little down, and I think you even said he's like, I feel like I'm not like playing the game or having fun as much as I want to. And that's when I, I threw out the ideas like, well, why don't you just play a character that you want to play? And and I, f- I feel like at first you were first a little against it. It's like, well, I already made Strange. I'm like, yeah, but it's, remember, it's our story. If you want to make a character, make a character. All I say for the sake of like the story and just the entertainment mm-hmm. value is like, give him a good way out. But give him a way out that makes sense. Um, right. no. I know. And after that, I was like, even though I kind of, I had this weird underlining feeling that, no. A new character's coming and Strange is going to die. When is this going to happen? And even when we went to the graveyard, and I'm like, oh, Renfield is there. And I'm like, all right, this is a high possibility. This is the moment. I'm like, I better start emotionally preparing and give a good performance when he actually, like, gets killed. <laughs> and then he gets put against the curve and shotgun to the face. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we need to keep saying that, but. <laughs> I mean, that's just a running gag. Yeah, yeah. I have. Yeah, that's you do. You do word it that way. 
when talking about that moment a lot. And I remember list. I remember vividly listening got shot to the, the gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got yes, shot. Yes, exactly. Gun. That's that's the point. You did not get shot in the face, and you got to stop saying that because that is way more graphic of an image. Well, that's that's what that's what um, Leo thought. Because he was behind the uh, the, the, the tombstone, mm-hmm. and he only saw oh, the shot. And from like? the angle yeah. of the shotgun, he looked like he got shot in the face. Yeah, Let's all agree I got shot. Yeah, he got shot. <laughs> and it's shot like the, the thing with that situation is like that wasn't a no-win situation. There, were, there yeah. were actually a lot of ways that like if you guys just turned tail and ran that exact moment, you guys probably could have got out there. Or if you guys just pulled a stop holding back out of your butt. Uh, then you guys probably could have got out of there. There's, there was a ton of ways where Strange didn't have to die, but because of just like how the scene played out and how you guys played your characters, Strange got shot. Now, real quick, speaking of uh, Strange, the next question by uh, patron Alden Jimenez. Thank you, Alden. Says, uh, what got Jason to revisit Strange? I could tell that he really enjoyed thinking of interesting ways to use Payne's tags and heavily enjoyed the roleplay behind him. Perhaps he wouldn't be the type to continue helping out for free, but overthrowing the city's underworld could have been quite an opportunity for him. That's not, that's, that was, that was, that's a good idea. So go ahead, uh, Jason. What, what, what was your inspiration to revisit Strange? Honestly, I wasn't actually wanting to revisit Strange. I was ready to say Strange is gone and that's it. Kevin uh, came up to me and said, hey... How would you feel about bringing Strange back? And at, at that time, I had already done the we had already done the casino the uh, mission, the casino heist, and everything. And I had a lot of fun with that. That was so much. That's like still one of my favorite arcs we did. That's not what Kevin came up to you and said. Let's be, let's be real. Be honest with us. Kevin came up to you and said, "Hey, Jason," and you were like, "Yeah, Kevin." And he was like, "You know what was a really cool show? Danny Phantom." <laughs> <laughs> And then we got, and then this, and then this shit ensued. That's what fuck your fuck that lies, liar. That's what made you. All right, Pablo, Pablo got me. Yeah, fuck that. You, what made you revisit Strange? I just thought it'd be kind of cool. We were talking about Danny Fan. I wanted to be the box ghost. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. I saw Dan. I saw watching reruns of Daddy Phantom and go. I want to be that. I want to be the box ghost. Yeah. Oh shit! Jason got me. I I I think I didn't watch that show. Did you? God. (laughs) No, but uh, in all seriousness, Kevin wanted me to bring him back. I was kind of comfortable keeping him dead. Like, nah, he's he's six feet under. Like, let's just leave him there. Mm. But. Uh yeah, Kevin, I think you wanted me to bring him back though for the sake of the of the the next arc, right? I, I wanted right, to give you wrong. the opportunity. The the <laughs> thing is I didn't say we're bringing Strange back. Right. It, it was like I, I felt like there was still a story for Strange to like finish and I, I wanted to, I, I wanted to like give you like the possibility like hey, listen, if you know, if Samuel Payne, you know, the type of guy who dips out as soon as he gets what he wants, if you want your character to dip out as soon as he gets what he wants, here's an option. Um, and what, honestly, Jason, what I really love you as a player is that you were just like, okay, I'm gonna set up a moment where Samuel Payne is talking to Leo, and if Leo convinces him to stay, he'll stay. If he doesn't, right. Samuel Payne's gonna leave. And I'm like, that's right. brilliant. And that's what then, of course, if. You know, I was I, I even told Bravo too when we were done, I was like, you know, I was really hoping 
you gave pain a reason to stay, right. but you didn't. And, so and here's the thing, like, because after when you told me it's like, hey, is there, like during the game where uh, pain, you know, asked Leo, you know, like pretty much that that existential question or essential question. Um, honestly, dude, so many thoughts. I'm like, all right, I know he wants to keep his character in. What does Leo know that could keep him in here? But as Leo, I'm like, I got nothing. And I didn't want to, like, push mm. anything or, like, you know, just like, oh, well, yeah. join us. Because I'm like, Leo's mentality is that, yes, he did it for the money. Yes, he's good. But he's too much of a wild card. So Ryan wanted yeah, to keep Ryan wanted to keep uh, pain in. But Leo, you know, to give service to the story, I'm like, Leo couldn't think of anything. Now, to go back to that question, I had a lot of fun coming up with pain's power tags and all that stuff. That was so much fun. Just, like, because I was really character. into what was it? He was a fun character. He yeah. was. And uh, just the idea, like, okay, it's ba- like I said, I based it off of Thor's Mjolnir. So I was like, well, the opposite of worthiness, I'll make it greed. So I had to be super greedy. And I thought it was just so much fun. Just like that one moment where I threw the coin and it went right into the dude's head. And then I'm calling it back and it's dragging the body. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. fuck, this is, yeah, this so is getting cool. twisty. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think this is gonna be like the last we see of Samuel Payne. He he is way too good yeah, of a character. For that. I was I was holding back uh, comments about that because I did. I don't. I, you you sent the questions to us, but I didn't look at any of them. I didn't want to mm-hmm. like you know be ahead, known ahead of time. But um, I, I didn't know if there was a later question regarding this um, or the outcome of well, Samuel Payne. Keep on listening, much- and you'll find out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I, yeah, I'll, I'll just. Uh, well, I, I just don't think I. I'll, okay, yeah. Without any spoilers of the last episode or anything, I just I am unsatisfied with knowing the out. Um, the, outcome. The, outcome. the outcome. Yeah, I guess the outcome of, um, the fate of mm-hmm. Samuel Payne after he fucking leaves. Yeah, but I think that's the most thematic thing for him though. Is that Samuel Payne? He comes in. He, you know, he loses the game. He. You know, he he just wakes up in an alleyway and then he heists a casino and then he just kind of like disappears again. Bails. And it's like, I I feel like that is sort of the most satisfying like ending to his current arc. It's just (laughs) like, hey, bye guys. I got my money. Deuces. Deuces. He just kind of disappeared into the ether. I was a fucking prick with him now that I'm thinking about it. Like, dude, that guy was a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he can. He redeemed himself all he needed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's just—I mean, in my opinion, from that moment, like he—he he had a, a nice arc, mm-hmm. and that was it. Like that was the. I will the, the say day. this before we go to the next one. I had a lot of fun though playing Ghostly Strange because I was like, oh man, like I <laughs> yeah, go up strange again, but now I'm a ghost, <laughs> and I was—I was abusing the shit out of my ghost powers. <laughs> Dude, that that whole like juvie scene oh, yeah. was one of my favorites of just you like possessing a prisoner and getting into a fight and then losing and then getting, possessing another oh, prisoner and then possessing no. a guard. And the, 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 my favorite part was like, how do I get in? Wait, I'm a ghost. <laughs> he just walked into the wall. <laughs> I'm a ghost dressed up like a cop. I can I can just walk in. I have a quick question about that. Okay. When you became Ghost Strange, uh-huh. that was the same mythos, right? King yeah. Osiris. It was the same guy, just Danny Phantom. Yeah. Okay. Because I figured that your powers had to come from your mythos, and I was, yeah. did y'all yeah. just straight up make him a ghost and gave him ghost powers and the tags? Yeah, that was pretty much it. That's that's how I pretty much. It. Yeah. No, I mean, we mm-hmm. you know gameplay wise, we swapped out one of his logos themes with like the new mythos themes of being a ghost. Yeah. But like his you know like ghost <laughs> undead powers were still drawing mm-hmm. from his mythos of Osiris. He was still a oh really? Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, one wow, of the things cool. I wanted to do was uh, I was I, I didn't get a chance to level it up, but uh, as an homage to one of my favorite uh, animes, uh, Yu Hakusho, I was going to do the spirit gun. Oh. If you guys are familiar with that, because I was you, like, that'd be pretty cool. You did that as a uh, stop holding. Back. I did, but and, I wanted uh, to be more like a regular yeah. tag. Yeah, and I failed. But miserably. that's cool. Yeah, but that's cool. No, no, that's like cool. I think that's when I realized, like, okay, I, this game could be more fun if I really start putting not only like. Like myths or ideas, I think are cool, but like, you know, adding stuff that I really love, and that's when 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 you when we brought back Strange, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna be a ghost. How would I? I just thought of myself. How would I act if I was a ghost? I'm like, oh yeah, this is exactly what I would do. Mm-hmm. So look, sp- speaking of like being creative or you know like going for it, the next question uh, from uh, um, Alden Jimenez is: With the mixed success on Leo's role to create a plague, would it be possible for it to grow out of control? I imagine it might be similar to not choosing the control collateral damage option. Maybe it'll be a plot point on the next game slash season. So yeah, it's called the coronavirus. So, <laughs> oh god. my god! Yeah, I no, am going to make that joke. <laughs> I'm going to make that joke. I'm going to my next character's mythos is going to be coronavirus. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, shit. Can you guys, imagine? We're not joke. We're not joking about the severity of it, but we can only make it lighter by making fun of it. I literally <laughs> laughed at someone's name whose name was Cancer. <laughs> how many lives has that taken fair yeah oh damn damn jason but okay to okay. answer the question like when i rolled for that i mean a thousand things go over my head like most of the time in in my gameplay is i always find ways to like give reasoning to use as many tags as possible because like kevin well all of you guys you know pablo and jason and chris know that i have the worst luck when it comes to rolling um and so the way i design my character is like the healer but it's also a glass cannon so I like to get creative with the abilities that I that I gave my character that I know could cause a lot of collateral damage. So I want to better the odds as much as possible to get like a successful roll. And when I thought, all right, I'm I am I have one moment to save or to like to damage uh, uh, Dracula. What can I do? And in the split like moments, so many ideas were popping into my head that I'm like, you know what? A great like moment where i would have to like break the vows of a doctor you know to save a life and do everything i can to preserve it i would have to do something that would go against that uh but find a way to stop the self-regenerating power that dracula had so when i decided to use the plague i literally like grabbed my paper like so aggressively kind of like sweating bullets and i'm like all right what can i do and how can i convince kevin to allow me to use these things <laughs> in order to do it and i think that's when it kind of turned into like stop holding back because yeah. you know with that move it's like you're using a power that you normally don't have access to and in such a, like a great like spirit bomb way and so that doesn't even have tags you're just rolling with like the number of your like your mythos themes which wasn't my plan because, or logos yeah, theme sorry yeah, yeah. logos uh, which wasn't my plan because I had another spirit bomb that was, I'll go later on, later on the questions. Yeah. But, uh, like when Kevin threw me that choice, I'm like, shit, I'm not going to be able to talk my way out of this one. He's going to force me to use stop holding back. So I was like, well, like believe in the heart of the cards and, uh, and throw the dice. And yeah, I mean, that makes success. I was like, you know what? I'll take it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's a question of gameplay mechanics with like stop holding back. You know, there's a, there's always a uh, cost. So even if you succeed, there's a minor cost. If there's a mixed uh, success, then there's like the cost sort of like outlined there. And then with stop holding back, if you fail, not only do you get like the mixed success cost, but also something really bad happens. 
So with that stop holding back to create that plague, you know, the the mixed success cost was him like burning all those tags, no longer being able to use that theme. Uh, you know, it was my healing theme. Yeah. And like that was the cost of it. If he had failed that role, then, yeah, it would have been like the plague spreads. Maybe it hits like Eugene and Leo. Maybe there's just like a whole new problem now. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, yeah, that like if you fail, stop holding back. It it hurts. So, you know, that's that's sort of like the uh, the mechanics answer to that. And I went through so many like scenarios in my head. I'm like, what if this fails? What's what's what could Kevin possibly do to screw me if I failed to stop holding back? But uh, yeah, so I just I just believed in the dice and I rolled. So to give sort of like another like uh, canon uh, answer is that like if they had left Mayor Dracula's body to rot there. Yeah, that would have been a major problem. But uh I took care of that. Yeah, Leo <laughs> flew him into the sky and then blew up, so that that kind of incinerated all the plague uh, uh, virus. My original plan, because I told you before, like even before like we recorded the final arc, was that during the final fight, I wanted to like combine how I created um, Leo was every power up that I chose for him in every column was I was gonna find a way to transform into Quetzalcoatl, uh, I think itself, uh, to fight the final boss in like you know a you know do or die situation uh and so i was like all right i don't have my healing my snake skin i'm like i'm just gonna go for it but moving on this is gonna be more of a sort of not really rapid fire but like this next uh patron gave us a bunch of questions uh, about uh, uh five about five like yeah so we're just gonna not really go fast okay. but we're just gonna have like short and sweet responses so this is from patron aj real thank you AJ. um kevin have you genium before and if so what games yeah, I've GM'd since uh, high school. I started out with a uh, fourth edition D&D spinoff called Gamma World. It was basically like a Looney Tunes apocalypse. Uh, and then I moved <laughs> Then I moved to like the Doctor Who game. And then I got into like Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I was actually in like the D&D next like beta in what would later become like fifth edition. Uh, but yeah, I've been doing this for a, a good amount of years now. So I've... Uh, so let's see. So Game World, Doctor Who, D and D, Monster of the Week, uh, and City of Mist. Five, five for five. Got a repertoire, yeah. man. Got a nice. Uh, mm. Gentlemen, have the players ever role played before? So for me, the first like role playing as like an actor, yeah, I've done that before. But like role playing as like um, on a tabletop, it actually started with uh, me and Jason. Uh, at our buddy Caesar's, uh, where he wanted to uh, start creating a group to play Dungeons Dragons Fifth Edition. Uh, but yeah, this uh, D and D Five E and City of Mist were really the majority of the of the role playing uh, experience that I've had. What he said? <laughs> yeah, pretty really. Much, yeah. That's it. Yeah, Just, I mean it's the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, also, as an actor, yeah, but obviously that's not what they're they're asking. <laughs> um, besides besides those pl- roles I've played um, wherever else um, in terms of RPGs. Yeah, um, just D and D. I'm gonna say one and a half times before, um, one and a half because it was with the same group of uh, my very close friends uh, from back in Florida, um, where I'm from. And is someone snoring? Chris, are you asleep again? No, I'm just breathing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sleeping. What the hell? <laughs> what the fuck? No one else. As someone. Other people thought that, Dude, right? You, you don't even have yeah. sleep apnea, Chris. You should really get that checked. <laughs> I was in the middle of a fucking storm. Here's, here's the real thing. Let, let me ask the real question. <laughs> no offense, 
Why is Chris here? In case that, there was some questions, man. <laughs> I'm like, shit. Sorry, man. I want the family the here. Damn. Support. Chris is part of the. Chris, Chris is part of the. Crew. Yeah, Chris has also been sitting there listening to us. He's like, "All right, it's not I my mean... fault he hasn't have fucking jumped in." <laughs> Again, this is your guys' department. I'm just getting here, like, oh, her for their. All right. <laughs> I mean, you could have jumped in anytime, I got nothing Chris. to weigh. You know? Chris, Chris is here to breathe loudly in the middle of my fucking story <laughs> right, with his fucking apnea. Continue, Pablo. Oh, the stage God. is yours. I love uh, this. Let me, let me <laughs> regain my fucking composure, figure out where <laughs> I was on the good. map. Um, goodness gracious, I was so disrupted by that fucking breathing. And now he's leaving. Yeah, I gotta bounce. Yeah, he's gonna <laughs> See go you, Chris. Chris. Have, have fun. All right, later. Uh, later Thank you for your contributions, Chris. Don't be a smartass, Pablo. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> oh, right, there he goes. Okay, finish the point is, yes, okay, th- we were supposed to rapid fire. I played D&D once before. I played a character named Grumdy Boulderbrow, who was a, a, a Scottish dwarf, kind of like this. And I got really into it, and it was a lot of fun, and I, that's how I found out I was... A lot of... My friends have told me that I should DM uh, just because of all the... Being a character actor and, like, loving that and committing to different characters and stuff. Um, um, and that hopefully will be somewhere down the line either with yeah, city of Mystery that or D&D. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You have you have the characteristics for it, Pablo. You're a great voice actor. You want to control everything and no one has fun. Uh, okay. Like okay. Uh, Hang on. All right. That's kind hey. of an insult to me, too. <laughs> yeah. Fuck I, you. Oh, I was I, even talking about you. Yeah, yeah, but you're like, oh, no, one one of the great characteristics of a of a GM is that no one has fun. Like, no, okay. I say no, I say one of the characteristics you know he has. You know what? Okay, how about this? Here's my <laughs> no. big question to you guys. Did you guys have fun? Yeah. Yeah, of course yeah. we did. Fantastic. Pablo, take okay. Okay. Uh, what do you think I'm doing I, here? I can, I, I can now rest in You're peace. You're a dick. Whoa, wait. wait. <laughs> you didn't even hear my answer. I, I thought what? I did. Was, eh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, right, so moving on. Yeah. How long does moving it take? On. How long does it take to make an episode playing and posting? Um, oh my god. <laughs> okay. So each session, <laughs> each session wait, we, wait, wait, wait. we record about. Let, let's, let's start at the very beginning. Let's fucking tell them how hard it is for us to fucking meet up. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that that's yeah. going to it, it takes it takes a long time for our schedules to align. Uh, yes, and then when we actually get together, you know, it's like it's setting up the equipment that takes about I don't know, like twenty minutes, half an hour. It, it's it's a big thing of just getting everyone together, getting everyone focused, getting everyone fed, setting up the equipment, and then you know that's usually like an hour after we like start. And then we record uh, about. We usually an- recorded at seven p.m. Went till one in the morning. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Jeez, we go fucking late. Yeah, and uh, we midnight we, we try to record like two to three sessions, uh, like a meetup, uh, and then post. Um, depending on like the episode, like if it's just an episode where like everyone's just kind of like riffing off each other editing that takes only like a few hours if it's like a very action heavy one where there's a lot of like music and sound effects and i'm doing you know some cuts here and there to keep like the action flow going and it's not like all right i'm gonna do this really badass thing wait i need to check the rules for about like two minutes oh can i do this uh, is it okay cool uh and you know it's like i'm i'm cutting like Cut those bits out, out here and there but yeah so 
I honestly though, it's like as I started editing more and more of these episodes, there was a lot more jokes that I like left in and just like things and little pauses. Cause that's kind of that's part of the game. It's just like people around the table playing a game and being a little bit awkward and clumsy about it. Like the first few episodes were definitely like over edited. Like I I very much learned to like let things be after a little bit. Uh and so, I mean, that's just the basis. Um, yeah. So the next question is, were there any plot points that you didn't get to, GM and players? Well, I bet. So, okay. Kevin, uh, go for it. Let me just rapid fire. Um, yeah, the the Siren sister, the uh, yeah, Melody, she was supposed to play a bigger part. She was actually supposed to be, like, a huge obstacle during the heist. Like, I was planning on, like, you know, you guys doing something very important in the middle of the club or in the balcony and then she would start singing and then it's like oh roll to like face danger or else you know this whole thing messed up but you guys got to the back of the club like immediately so her role in the story uh kind of like fell and also there was there was actually like a whole other third arc planned after the red rider arc where you know you guys would have investigated the uh the disappearances on that uh that yeah. one street and that would have led to you guys like finding like melody and then finding the club but because strange died um i had to come like birds of the feather was a like there it, it was completely different than what i originally had planned uh, like Otis helped Eugene kind of like get back on track, and that only happened because like Eugene decided to follow the birds yeah. rather than go with like <laughs> you know. there. There's like an alternate universe where like Leo, uh, where Eugene was just like, oh, I'm not going to follow some random birds, and went with like Leo and Strange to the graveyard, and then who knows how the story could have changed. Yeah. Uh, if Leo... I'm glad we did that, but sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm glad that that happened. That I decided to do that, or that Eugene decided to do that. But I say I decided to do that because as a storyteller, I could <laughs> I could see that what right? you, you were trying to do. So I was just like, all right, I don't want to be a dick. Like clearly I Kevin's not going to be giving us an arrow towards something unless it's going to be towards something cool. Yeah. Towards no, something fruitful. Yeah, you guys and I was <laughs> just like I don't even think I knew at that point that you guys had been uh I uh, no, I, I knew about the bird before. Yeah. No, yeah, that you guys had been um, purposefully just being like, "Huh, it's a bird," <laughs> and then just looked away. And I was like, "Okay, no, I want to see." I, anyways, yes, yeah, as a storyteller, I was like, "I want to see where this." Is. Yeah, and like you know, emceeing like any roleplay session, there's always going to be stuff that like doesn't go to plan because the characters you know do something else, and that's totally fine. Dora was actually. Um, before you guys made Strange and Leo, I actually had an entirely separate campaign planned where, like, Dora was going to be, like, the secret bad guy all along. She was going to be, like, the rift of, like, Pandora. Oh. Um, oh. And, it, and it was going to be a it was going to be a whole campaign based around, like, forbidden knowledge. But as soon as, uh, you know, I heard about, like, Strange, I heard about Leo, I'm like, okay, no, this story now needs to be about life and death. So Dora was kind of a, uh, I took that character design and just ported that over to uh you know what is now rolling in the mist without any like the the pandora like powers or baggage plot points that we didn't get to go through um i honestly felt that the selfishly i guess i don't know but if it's just for like eugene's lore that the whole christopher thing was very under uh explored 
Oh um, God! And like, why? Why was he so hung up? On yeah, like I, Kevin, I had written, so I don't know if I've ever said this on Mike for this show before or whatever, but like I don't remember how it came to be, but Kevin asked me to do some character work or something like that. And I wrote him like a how long was it like a three page? You didn't ask for it, but I wrote you like a three page thing that was just a story. I just wrote him like a three page short story about um, Eugene's background with Christopher, who, you know, as it stands now in the completed series one, I feel like it sounds like Eugene had like a gay lover or something. <laughs> um and really, that's oh, not no. what it was. And it, it's like, what's his relationship to this old woman who is like Christopher's mother? And it's like, what? And by the end, we hear like, oh, yeah, like you killed my son. And then it's like, wait, what? There's a whole lot of unanswered questions there. Um, and they shall remain unanswered. <laughs> they, it was that was a little bit on purpose to kind of keep with like the noir feeling of the show. Like we did keep mystery. You know, yeah, keep mystery. Like we, I want to sort of more like tease that and like foreshadow that rather than like going straight to a flashback where like eugene loses control and like you know oh i didn't want that yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) so i I wanted to do everything around that and like point to clues and then you know there there's all like especially with like role-playing games and role-playing games where you're like you're on a schedule and you're putting it out to a broader world there's always going to be like things you don't hit and i do appreciate pablo that you like wrote out that backstory because i was able to like I was able to do like all the different clues around that as well. Kind of like hinting toward that rather than like explicitly saying that. Um, yeah. We never talked about how you, <laughs> how you took that. I look at it. It's, it's still in my documents and sometimes I come across it and I open it up. And I'm like, what? Oh my God. I wrote this one. Oh, <laughs> like, Oh yeah. man. I, <laughs> I sent tier. all the, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Uh, all I see is like, you put your hand to your screen. You're like one day and a single tear drops down. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, Jesus, did I send all this to the poor fucker? Oh my God. What are you I listen as, as a GM, I appreciate that. I work with players who make it up on the fly. I work with players who send me like 10 page backstories. I, I appreciate like as much character info as you can give me. I appreciate because then I can use that against you. And I love mm-hmm. that. Uh, so I, there, I have one more question from AJ Real, but I'm going to save it for the end. I'm okay. going to move on to a Reddit user, uh, Mattenbrow, right? M- Mattenbrow. Mattenbrow. Um, will we get these? Will we get to see the character sheets from the finale? They seem like really good homebrew set of characters to inspire players with. Yeah, maybe I will probably post them on our like Patreon yeah. first. So hey, if you want to see those, you know, before anyone else, maybe uh, come check out our Patreon. Boom. Uh, also. Oh, actually says also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do you decide the power levels of dangers like Mayor Dracula and the Necronomicon? Sometimes I get worried that I'm making the bad guys too strong because I don't want them to die in a few hits or too weak because they might interrupt the flow of the story. So, Kevin. Yeah, City of Mist, uh, they're like bestiary in the book. It, I love how they set it up because they don't you know, they have like the, the people specific like stat blocks, but they also just have like the broader stat blocks. Like, you know, here's a stat block for a thug. Here's a stat block for a corrupt politician. Uh, but also like uh, they also have stat blocks for like powers. So it's like, OK, if you want to give the corrupt politician 
uh, you know, lightning powers, uh, just add this to this and increase their like threat level by one. And I really appreciate that. And like with City of Mist, you know, it's not like Dungeon Dragons where there's a lot of like number crunching and it's like if you give too much like health points or armor or too many attacks, you can like severely change how the combat is. You you really just have to like keep in mind what is this person's role in the story, what are they meant to do, and you know, their abilities are how do they like best do it. Um and then with like, you know, threat levels and, you know, oh, I don't want them to like, you know, be taken out too much or, you know, like too early. It's like, you know, if you want someone weak, give them a they could be punched out with like a two status or they could be humiliated with a two status. And they they are just kind of like a momentary thing. And as you increase that exponentially, they're going to be in the story for longer and harder to take out with Mayor Dracula. There's not really like avatar stat blocks in the game they're more like they're almost like hurricanes they're things to be kind of like worked around and then you find like a secret about their past and that's how you defeat them but with you guys you guys were more of like an actiony like we need to you know fight people and like you know save the day so i just threw so many different powers onto mayor dracula and uh, I gave him like statuses that like, you know, like six statuses, which is the same level as like PCs, um, but also like he was tough and also he had healing. It was basically like I'm this is the final boss. Um, you guys have a ton of like overpowered powers and also you have access to the move. Stop holding back. So I'm just going to go all out with this one. But for the more mechanical, like number crunchy things, uh, the way City of Mist has it set up is that, you know, you just take like this stat block for like a punk kid and then oh hey here's the necromancer power stat block so a punk kid is you know one threat level and a necromancer is two threat levels you put those two together it's now a three threat level um monster you know and i think also just to add up before we move on um also take a look at the, the characters because like you said right now you knew our characters were overpowered yeah and you could also tell like well for me because you and i live together like i would tell you like i would find a way to, to, to find a, a chink in the armor in the most creative way possible. And I even constructed, like I said, Leo in order to do something like that. So I, I loved it when you threw out that like Mayor Dracula was regenerating at a fast pace. That got me thinking, all right, he's going to make me choose between either finding a way to stop that or literally kind of like uh, in My Hero Academia, uh, All Might beating uh, Nomu so fast that he couldn't regenerate. Yeah. So it, it really got us to think. And using your character or your, your player's you know powers... I would think, from my end, is finding a way to create a, a villain or, you know, the, the antagonist um, that requires them to use their powers or outsmart them. And that way you could find a way to, like, kind of balance it out. So it's not too weak, it's not too strong. It fits the mold of the, the characters and the story. Exactly. Um, so moving on to, uh, to Instagram user Living with Jordan. Uh, hey, yeah, there there, there, there's a lot of questions here, yeah, so we'll try, okay, we'll try so, to cover as many as we can. Oh my god, what did you do? This is a friend of mine. Oh, oh, oh nice, <laughs> oh, nice. Well, this thanks, is a good thanks. friend of mine. She's been, she's been. I'm just gonna give a shout out to Jordan. She's been raving about Rolling in the Mist. Um, she's been telling all of her friends she loves the show, and uh, I actually hung out with her the other night, and she told me uh, that she had sent a bunch of friggin' questions. So oh, I, was, I was like, you know, I was like, where are the questions? Just for that, we're gonna answer them all. Uh, no, so, right. so um, her first question is, it seems really difficult to keep track of all the rules in the storyline. How do you do mm. it? Improv, improv, improv. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah. have your notes, uh, you know, try to like with, you know, people like creature people stat blocks, like try to have those handy. I have a Google Doc with just like all the different notes I'm going to keep track of. But 
for the most part like i love city of mist how simple it is because every Every single thing comes down to, I want to do a thing. I'm going to roll. 10 plus, I do the thing. 7 to 9, I kind of do the thing, but something happens. 6 lower, I don't do the thing, and something bad happens. And as long as you keep that in mind, you can improv anything with this game and like most other games powered by the apocalypse. I'll say as a player, it doesn't seem very simple at first, and I can only imagine as a listener even less so, but it is. But I am, I am agreeing with what you're saying is, you know, it's a learning, it's a game. You got to learn any game you play. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's not. But you're right. It's not like a huge, complex learning curve like that board game we played at OrtCon. Um, the kick <laughs> the kick ass game with like uh, so yeah, many moving story. Yeah, it's not like a yeah, I won't get into that story, but like God, it's, it's I, not... was, I was so mad at you <laughs> like the we yeah we were at we were at orcon we played a game based off the comic book kick-ass and there was so there was so many different aspects of that game like you played you played vigilantes but you had to keep track of like your health your social media fame your money like three other things your items uh there was all these there's so many different things to keep track of and many 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 moving parts many moving parts and for some reason i was having like the worst headache at that moment and like Mm. i there, there was just one point where like Pablo was just like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Am I able to use my social media points instead of my money on this stage? And I'm just like, no, no, no. You can use your social media points. They don't ever go away. It's just more and of like, in the corner uh, talking, talking. It was yeah. exhausting. It was but, exhausting. But, but, but I didn't want I didn't want to jump into that. The more you the play the game, the, yeah. the better it is to, you know, yes, <laughs> yeah. I use that as an example because it, City of Mist is not one of those very long very wide arching learning curves mm-hmm. to learn this game it's just not that not that difficult you you learn for like a, a session a sit down and you get it by the end and then the next time you play you're good to go and then it comes down to just like you're saying improvising but also getting creative with what you're doing mm-hmm. and one one thing that like even after we were finished recording we were packing up like you kevin would tell me like, oh i forgot about this or like oh you know you guys had this like one thing that i that i told kevin when he first brought this idea to me of, of doing uh, rolling in the mist was i i want us to have fun but i want it to be entertaining if it's like if we stop the the flow of everything just because the rules are like no it has to be like this i don't care about that I want us to have fun and I want the audience to have fun. So given that this is a special occasion because we're making a show, um, to me, the focus was always entertainment, was always that. And so if you're running just the game just for you guys to have fun, then yeah, I mean, you heard her, you heard her from our MC here, improv, improv, improv. But also, I mean, it's your story, your game, just like many RPGs and tabletops. You don't always have to follow the rule book just as long as, in my opinion, you're having fun. Yeah, as a GM of many years, I'm going to say I still, you know, lose track of rules for games I've played, you know, four years. And that's kind of the 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 main goal is for everyone to have fun. So as long as you kind of keep track of most of the rules and just kind of progress everything forward to the point where everyone's having a good time, then you've succeeded. You've won the game. And on that note, uh, another question uh, that Jordan put is how long can these games go on for slash how quickly can you play them? What's your preference? City of Mist, you can actually play them pretty quickly. Uh, we actually get a lot done in like the hour or so that we had each mm-hmm. session. Um, I mean, that unless you're se- talking, unless she's asked, sorry, unless she's asking like, you know, one campaign, one story. I you mean, know, it, it, I don't it's know. a role playing game. You know, you can do a one yeah. shot. You can do a full campaign. You can you can we play. Both. Yeah, you yeah. can play for two hours. You can play mm-hmm. for, you know, 
full weekends. Like it, it's they're completely free form. Uh, you can play them for as long or as little as you want. I will say with like City of Mist, if you want to do like a, a one shot that had like a complete like beginning, middle, and end, you know, we did that with like the Halloween special. And what was that like two hours? Two, two, and two and some well, change. Halloween special was Monster of the Week. Uh, so, oh, but but but, but, but even with City of Mist, it's very similar. It's still powered by the apocalypse. You could yeah, like two hours, you could definitely get like a good story going. Um, and what's our preferences? So, like for me, like I said, like like I said before, is if you like long games, short games, it all depending on the the choices of your characters, uh, the quality of the the dungeon master or the MC. So my preference is as long as I'm having fun, I don't care if it's short or long. Um, yeah, that's that's my two cents. Yeah, Jason. Yeah, what they said. The, yeah, cool. the, the quietest, <laughs> the quietest person in podcast history. Uh, so, so the next one is. Um, Wait, I didn't get my preference. Okay, what's your preference, Pablo? I like it all. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Pablo. I Thank like. You, Pablo. I like the idea. Well, when you're saying to talk about free, it just kind of dawned on me. Like, oh yeah, that is a great, um, just for RPG games in general. But like this game. Okay, I've played this game, Monster of the Week, with y'all one time, and and uh, I played I played D and D, and it's like uh, with all of these, like yeah, you can go either like for a whole like saga or in our case series one for over a year, mm-hmm. or you can play for a couple hours and or like even bottom line, if you do a session, whenever we end a session, we end on a good like every session is an episode. Yeah. Every ep- you know, every episode of a TV show, every episode yeah. of any TV show that you, every narrative TV show you watch, has a full story arc within that episode. So whether you're just gonna sit down and play one session with some friends or whatever, you will end that game that you play in a with a bow. There'll be unanswered questions more, more than likely, but that's fine. That just kind of keeps the intrigue alive for you. And then if you play for over a weekend or whatever, I don't know. I. I, mm-hmm. That's what I mean. That's what I mean by like I love it all. Yeah. I don't have. A, I don't really have a preference. Whenever we want to play and have fun. And talking about loving it all, the other question is, which is your favorite character created in Rolling in the Mist? So, Kevin, I love mm. all my characters equally. I say with all these pictures of Otis on my wall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my my whole refrigerator is covered with pictures of Otis. And I swear, I love them all equally. These I'm just I'm everywhere. I'm holding on to these. Uh, but no, I Otis actually like. He was originally just supposed to be like this serious guy who told you guys about the next story arc <laughs> and then just kind of like been in the background. But like his interaction with Eugene not only like changed his character, cemented but him. it cemented him. And also it like it that was one of my favorite interactions in that entire podcast. I've I've listened to that bit like at least like three times now after <laughs> editing the episode. To me, I'm going to throw my vote in for Otis because my favorite line is this useless fuck. Is- no, 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 no. This homeless Oh, sorry, this fuck. homeless fuck. <laughs> that is my favorite line. And it shows in that, I mean, from the first... <laughs> See, to now. From the first moment I heard he said that in session to now. I still fucking die. I can't say it without laughing. Jason, I don't great know. job. It was Kevin. It, it was me, no, man. No, I, Jason is the one who's like, who this homeless fuck? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. Who yeah. is this homeless fuck? And then, and then someone else started talking. That. Someone else started talking. I think it was Leo. And then <laughs> he interrupts. And I can't believe my hat. 
more than anything else more than anything else you've ever done kevin my fucking hat goes off to you for fucking saying that line without laughing <laughs> leaping in and saying this <laughs> I, I can't say it what it's about so you, Jason? What was your favorite? I, I, it's more than one. Lenny uh, uh, and Benny. Yeah, those two. Like when we introduced them, uh, I there was never a moment I didn't stop smiling when I heard you. And, and uh, nothing against you, Kevin, because you had some amazing characters you created. But those when you gave Pablo and and Bravo the chance to like let them roll with it, that shit was funny. I'm so glad we started doing that, by the way. Just like, hey, we got two NPCs here. Um, I'm lazy. Hey, you guys play them. Go. No, no. You know what? I. Okay. You guys. I think you guys. You guys have played more RPGs than I have. You guys are more um, embedded in this in this uh, subculture, whatever, than I am. And so I don't know how frequent it is for a DM or a GM to allow their players to do that but like i'm very grateful non-existent not usually yeah Yeah, it makes okay well at least in the in the medium in a podcast medium fucking i think it's awesome and in a just a friendly gameplay uh, uh, context it was so much it was so much more liberating and just so much more fun Mm -hmm. that i never that i never knew that i never knew uh sorry jason when you were when kevin you were gonna just like we would get into a situation where I'm like, oh my god, there, this is a public place. There's multiple people here. I wonder, is he gonna? Yes! And then he's like, <laughs> let us, let me create Steven, what's his face at the table. The, god. Oh yeah, the, 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 the suburbia Dude, Mr. King. Christmas. Mr. Sub- Christmas. King of suburbia. The, Mr. The, Christmas, yeah. The mute Carlos Santana. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jason, you were just lazy. I was. I, was, I, didn't, I, didn't, I was like, He's like, Who was I? Uh, and Len- Mr. Brown, and like- Mr. Brown, Lenny and Benny. I I love all those characters. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have to ask, who named Lenny and Benny? Is that who did that? It, that was you. Right? It was. Is it me? No, it was it was you guys. Was I think I think Pablo originally wanted to name his character Big Sloppy Joe, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then we immediately shifted to actually let's make it Lenny and Benny. Benny. Because when I heard that instantly, <laughs> the thing I thought of was from the game Double Dragon when that glitch goes oh, wrong, and it was Bimmy and Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so I mean, yeah, those those are our favorite characters. I mean, of course, I like my own character, but like to me, it's still it's Otis. It will always be Otis. <laughs> um, so on that point, uh, what's your yeah. favorite game to play? I'm guessing it's tabletop. Then it's, it's probably the. the I'm the assuming, focus. yeah, like tabletop. Uh, for me, Otis it's... is also my favorite, just because I never got to answer that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, uh, for me, it's it's Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, I got I got really into it thanks to to my buddy uh, Caesar, uh, because the game that we played like didn't really quote unquote follow the rules. We just had a fucking blast just being idiots. Um, and that kind of got me like, oh, I like mystical stuff. I like magic and swords and all medieval kind of things. And I like playing like short people like gnomes and, and, and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, my favorite game to play aside from, from obviously rolling in the mist, uh, is Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's my go-to. 
me i'm a i'm a forever gm i'm rarely like a player so my favorite game is kind of dependent on like the story i want to tell i love city of mist i love the world i love the mechanics i i love the game so much but uh if i want to if i want to tell the story of like fantasy heroes going on this epic adventure you know i'm gonna play dungeon dragons if you know i'm gonna play a game of like hunters hunting down like one monster i'm gonna play monster of the week uh post-apocalypse story i'm gonna play apocalypse world uh, but yeah favorite game i can't even say because i always want to tell a different story jason paulo uh pablo why don't you go first uh, again, I don't have as as many options to pick from. Like, if I, pick from your heart. I, I'm just yeah. I'm just <laughs> gonna go. As much as I love this and have been doing the most recent, I haven't played D and D in years. I gotta be honest with you. But but even still, from doing that and then doing, I would say probably just D and D, just because it's like it's the kingpin of all RPGs, yeah. and you know it's kind of hard to 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 beat it. And uh, uh, which. I might I might love them equally. I don't know if that's a cop out question. No, I mean that's the mm-hmm. truth. Uh, yeah, Monster, I mean that's pretty Monster, much what I said. Monster yeah. of the Week D and D and and this I have equal parts amounts of fun. Um, especially like I said, Kevin, if you open up for me to like stretch my character chops and play someone different, like for a one shot of the session, uh, at the poker table or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if I get that kind of opportunity, just because of that, I'll say the City of Mist. But I I really think it's all these RPGs. I'm going to just say D&D. Nice. Jason? Um, well, I don't have a lot of experience for tabletops other than the D&D session and City of Mist. So, the only game I can honestly say, though, I have a lot of fun with that it's not a tabletop, in my opinion, but it's on top, plays on top of a table, is Risk. Mm. Oh. oh, my God. <laughs> just because I am very bad at the game, what I like to do is I like to hold down one country and just build the build and become a wall of solitude you can't get in but i can't get out (laughs) and it's just kind of like all right i guess this is how we end the game you know if we're talking any kind of games then i'm gonna say scattergory if we're talking about just board games games video games they said tabletop i'm I'm just like really stretching the the definition of that i like shoots and ladders (laughs) i fucking Uh, kill that monopoly if we're talking tabletop, then uh, poker, because <laughs> you play on the table, <laughs> blackjack. Um, and um, and the last question from Jordan is: Aww. I'm really interested interested in getting into RPGs, but it seems so intimidating. What did you all start out with uh, when first playing? Wait, what? Oh, like which game? Which yeah, RPG like which did game did we start out with? Oh well, we we pretty much covered this kind of. Yeah, right? I, I think if I can sort of answer the question, like. If you're interested, if you're interested in getting an RPGs, you, you don't have to be intimidated because at the end of the day, it's a game that you're playing with your friends. And it, like I said, as long as as long as everyone has fun, congratulations, you won the game. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, you know, it, it, whether you get together with your friends who've yeah. never played the game before and you're all in the same experience or, you know, you're with people who have tons of experience like don't ever be afraid of being like the newbie because mm-hmm. one one thing i love about you know a lot of people who play these games is like they are very excited to share this hobby and if you're ever in a group where people are like oh this person doesn't know how to play the game i don't like them get out of that yeah. group because yeah cause that's, cause that's a bad group 
Um, yeah. But yeah, just I mean, like if you're interested in getting in RPGs, either, you know, talk to your friends about them, um, you know, see if anyone's already playing them or is interested in playing or be like me, uh, <coughs> be the person who says like, hey, I'll DM and suddenly there's a bunch of people who are like, oh, yeah, I want to play. I want to play. I want to play like that. That's the fastest way to get into RPGs. Which is, is true. You, you are very valued, Kevin. You yeah. Take a shot for us. Yeah, the yeah. Fa- the fastest way to get in RPGs is saying, "Okay, I'll learn the rules and I'll DM, and you know, you build it, they will come." The, <laughs> the the one problem with that is that once you start being a DM, very very easily, you will become like a forever like GM, yeah. and like that that is what you'll be in your friend group. Um, uh, go oh, for it, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, I was gonna suggest it, and then I realized, oh, I'm suggesting because this is how I got into it. Like I said, I had a um. And I, and I had a great time, and this is why is it was, um, my best friend Tyler loves D and D. He's actually I'm about to start playing a remote <laughs> coronavirus era um, <laughs> camp, campaign. With, no, really, campaign with Nothing him. Stop this he's, train. Yeah, he's in. Uh, he's back in. Long story short, he's back in Florida right now, and he's got some other friends that are in different places. I think in here in LA and in Boston or whatever. And we're about to start playing a remote campaign because he's been wanting to get me to play for a while. And when we started playing it was with him as the dm he's been into it for he had been into it for years at, at this point or at least a couple of years and he wanted me and our other two mutual idiot friends the three of us had never played it before but we love tyler and we were just like he's very excited about this he knows everything about it he's gonna dm he knows you know and then the three of us the whole like actual player party uh we're new to it. And so that was kind of a very fun, fresh dynamic where we had someone who was taking care of us, who knew what he was doing or she was doing, if that's you know what happens um, or they were doing. And, and then you have a bunch of people who are just having fun figuring it out together. Um, I think that that's that's a, also a good dynamic. It's like if you and you know people who also want to, yeah, I'm gonna give it a try too. get them together and then get someone who, you know, already is familiar with the RPG of your choice. And like, see if they'll DM. And I feel and, like, like t- take care of a bunch of newbies, you know. Yeah, I mean, like uh, Pablo, you said you uh, you know uh, Jordan, the person asking this question, right? Yeah. Why don't you start a group with Jordan and a couple of other friends? You would say you want like, to be a DM I, I don't or like GM that much. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, we'll like Ooh. you. We don't know you, but we'll oh, like you better than Pablo. She's right? gonna text me as soon as she hears this. <laughs> Um, I'm but start like, packing my bags uh, now. All right. yeah. uh, but going off of what, what uh, Pablo said is, I feel like that's how me and, uh, and Jason got into it. I mean, when our buddy Caesar told us, uh, like, he was like, hey, I want to I wanna play D&D. Um, I said, I've always wanted to try it. I played it before, but not like, I didn't have a good group. I didn't know what I was doing. And I kind of like, just kind of like uh, the groups that, um, that uh, Kevin mentioned that they were like, oh, you don't know how to play. And I'm like, I don't need that in my life. But when uh, when uh, our buddy Caesar came along, he's like, "Hey, Bravo! You know, you know, you're an actor, and this is a very like role playing kind of game. Would you want to join it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, of course. I, I like the dude. Jason was gonna join us, so with the rest of our buddies." And so when we got together again, it was uh, it was our buddy Caesar's first time DMing. Uh, we were all new players, and we just had a blast. Like we went through a story. We did his story. We loved it and and that's what inspired me like you know what i'm gonna invest in this game like at some point like i want to i want to dm i want to be able to tell a story um and at the end the whole effort of it was tell a story but have fun with your friends like rarely in my opinion do we ever get a chance whether we're at work whether we're doing other stuff 
But the few rare chances that we have to be like in a group as friends and the activity that we're doing just happens to be Dungeons and Dragons. Or it could be like watching a movie together or, or drinking or whatever, you know. Uh, it was fun. And we got to stretch our, our, our muscles creatively. For me as an actor, I loved it because I could play around with different personalities. Uh, and just the, the, the shit that like, me and Jason would get into in that game. Like, it, was, it was one of the funnest nights I've had. All right, so I think we have time for uh, one more question. So the last question, uh, as I said before, well, actually, uh, Jason, you want to chime in? I'm good. Cool. All righty. <laughs> of course he is. Love it. Uh, and, and, so... Jordan, and, and Jordan, I was completely kidding. I'm actually <laughs> meaning to DM. I've been, I've been uh, interested but too scared, like kind of what sounds like yourself, into at least uh, DMing or, or GMing, whatever. And uh, it would take the load off of pressure and stress if i were to work with people who were also new so yeah or play with not work with jesus um, professional or professional mm-hmm. so yeah so yeah if you want to play let's talk okay mm-hmm. go on um and so for the last one going back to uh, our patron aj real his last question uh i hope it's a guy um will season two be in the same continuity as season one uh let's go to the main man uh kevin carpenter Season two will be in the uh, the same continuity as season one. Uh, it will be uh, in Eden City, but it will be with oh. a new cast of characters. Oh, neat! Yeah, that's actually news to me. I don't know. Yeah, if anyone else. yeah uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm announcing that now for everyone. Um, all right, so uh, let me just kind of run. So tune in to listen. Yep, tune in to listen. All right, let me just run through all the names then for uh, thanks real quick. Uh, so thank you uh, to all of our patrons. Thank you, Hunter Hughes. Thank you, Guillaume Damaris. Uh, thank you, Amanda Antonelli. Uh, thank you, Alden Jimenez. Thank you, AJ Real. Uh, thank you, Joe Zeman. You didn't ask a question, but you're still one of our patrons, and I appreciate you. Uh, thank you, Reddit user Cancer113, uh, Reddit user Matt and Bro, and Instagram user Living with Jordan. And thank you to every single person who's not only listening to this, but who also listened to the series. Your time is valuable, and I'm so glad you spent it with us. Same here. I mean, I gotta say, this this was the very first project that um, that uh, Avlud really pushed on. And again, it took us a year, but I can wholeheartedly say that all of us felt just such joy when we ended ended the the first season, and we're like, wow, we made something for other people to enjoy. And even uh, Pablo, the stuff that you said that Jordan was reacting to, like. It really, it really sets a yeah. fire under my heart and just being like, wow, this is amazing. Like, we, we did this. And again, it's thanks to you guys and we individuals that work in the entertainment business. Like, I, I can only say for myself, but I love it when, when people are entertained by the work that, that I have helped make. That we were able to either, you know, help you to get throughout your day or you just wanted something funny to laugh at. Um, that we had a little bit of part to play in the grand scheme that is, you know, the listener's life. And so just like, like um, Kevin said, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Jason, uh, do, you, do you want to say thank you to the <laughs> listeners? <laughs> sure. Yeah. All right. You go uh, ahead. You, you don't have to do long version. speeches. No, <laughs> no, but in all honesty, um, thank you everyone who supported us from the beginning to the end. It's been an interesting journey and it's only just beginning more fun stuff is coming and i'm looking forward to working with everyone again and hopefully get to hear we get to do another q a for the next season hmm. this is actually really fun all righty well thank you all for listening once again uh stay tuned to odd loot social media channels our facebook twitter instagram and of course sign up to our patreon where you can get the uh all odd loot news first before anyone else um 
we have a ton of new projects coming up and of course we'll be coming out with another season of uh, rolling in the mist in the coming months um but for now bye bye <laughs> <laughs> you love music Can later